Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves just by dialing in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We're going to start out with some news from across the pond, so hopefully this will interest you. Or you can dial in and bring up whatever is interesting to you. That is the point of the program. And if you've never listened before and you don't believe us, go ahead. Give it a try. See if it works. It does. 800-259-9231. Across the pond to the UK, Mark, what's the news? Timesonline.co.uk. Parents are being threatened with having their children taken into care after questioning doctors' diagnoses or objecting to their medical care. No one cares for children like the government. Yep, it's true. And, you know, we got to make sure that we get, uh, you know, single payer or a government or, or, or a public option here in medical care so that people can be taken care of. Like, for instance, their children when they argue with the doctor and when the parents disagree with what the doctors have to say. That's what's happening? That's what's happening. Wow. They're, they're not even saying that they objecting to their medical care or questioning a doctor's diagnosis. Diagnosis. John Hemming, a liberal Democrat MP who campaigned to stop injustices in the family court, said very often care proceedings, that's what they call, I like this terminology, care. Care is what they call taking your kid away. Yeah. Because that, you know, that's that's what somebody (laughs) who care does. That's compassionate. Yeah. Care proceedings are used as retaliation by local authorities against uppity people who question the system. Cases are emerging across the United Kingdom. The mother of a 13-year-old girl who became partially paralyzed after being given a cervical cancer vaccination, says social workers... Have, I'm going to get a bunch of... Uh, I, just for reading this article, I'm going to get a bunch of emails that say, oh, the vaccination didn't cause that! <laughs> All these, these uh, vaccine uh, proponents out there. Anyway, uh, she, she got uh, cervical cancer after... Excuse me. She got a. She had her legs partially paralyzed after receiving a for cervical cancer vaccination. Doesn't say that these are necessarily com, uh, integral that they have to do with each other. It's just that uh, she probably thinks it does. Says social workers have told her the child may be removed if she, the mother, continues to link her condition with the vaccination. A couple had all six of their children removed. So wait a minute. Well, let me see if I'm understanding this correctly. The procedure, the vaccination happened, something happened after the vaccination, and she's just talking out about it. She's saying, I think there's something connected here. Yes. And they're saying, you keep saying that, we'll take your kid away. Yes. Wow. Where where is she saying such things? Just on the internet or something like that? Or on talk radio? There's probably paths that you have to go through this government health care system and, uh, you know, elected bureaucrats that people don't. And people, I can tell you that they're having, uh, you know, dealt with the listeners on this show. There are some people who are very passionate about vaccines. Mm -hmm. They want very, very much for your child to be vaccinated so that they feel a little bit safer. So the humankind is saved. You know, they're Supergirl going to save us all. A couple had all six of their children removed from their care after they disputed the necessity of an invasive medical test on their eldest daughter. Doctors who suspected she might have a blood disease called for social services to obtain an emergency protection order. Although it was subsequently confirmed that she was not suffering from the condition, the parents are still considered unstable and all their children were taken from them. So the doctors are making this call in in that that case. 
the doctors the doctors who are sworn to they're not they're not making the call of having the kids taken they're just making you're calling social services and say hey we're going to test this kid we want to test this kid aren't doctors sworn don't they swear the hippocratic oath to do no that harm? say that they'll do no harm i mean isn't it doing harm to call the government goons in on your your uh, your clients well, of course they're not really your clients they're they're government clients and they're not really your children they're the government's children <sighs> I mean, are they? Are they really your children? Not if it's people like, of America, no. people of the world, listen to me. Do you own your? Are the children yours? Are it they? Seems like an illusion. If the federal government can tax your labor, then they must own your labor. They must own the the, the functions of your body. If they own the functions of your body, it stands to reason they own your children. Oh yeah! And Please th- shut up and stop arguing with the government about your kids, because the government's sick of hearing what you think that you is best for well, your children. Yeah, mommy, government knows what's best. Who do you think you are, peon? What do you think you've done your own research and that you know something? Let the let the bureaucrats make the decisions. A now, sing- wait, wait, wait. If you don't think, I mean, if you're listening to this, maybe it's your first night listening to Free Talk Live, and you're hearing this and you're saying to yourself, "Well, that can't happen here. This is America." Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just they're, not, because, they're not watching the news. No, exactly. Just because the UK has a socialized medicine system, and this country is mostly socialized, but not all the way socialized. And even in the UK, apparently, there are still private clinics available for those that really can afford to pay for them. But uh, they do still have the – they've got the 100% government-funded system there in the U.K. So you may say to yourself, well, that's apples and oranges. You know, you can't compare the U.K. to over here. It's, it's completely different. But there are stories from here in the United States where people who are – regardless of uh, the, the financials or who's paying for it, where people have decided to make a choice – about their children, uh, and their children have made a choice in some cases. They have said, I don't want this treatment. I don't want this chemotherapy, for instance. That was one of the more recent ones. Where a teenager, someone who absolutely can make choices, has made a decision for themselves, and the government steps in and says, well, this judge here is saying you can't make that choice, and we're going to make choices for you, and if you disagree, well, we're going to hurt you. I mean, this stuff happens here in the United States. It's I don't know how widespread it is compared to the U.K., but it's already here. And if socialized medicine takes over even more so than it currently is in this country, which is the plan, it, when socialized medicine takes more control, then you're going to see more stuff like this where the government then has a real financial incentive, more so than they currently do, to ensure that you do what they say so they can keep their costs low. Go ahead with the story. So it's happening. That's what it, I wanted to point it, out. It's happening, and uh, I, <laughs> um, I think it will happen uh, quite a bit more. When, once yeah. the government and medicine are that much more thoroughly linked, how could it not happen more often? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Expect it. A single mother whose teenage son was is terminally ill and confined to a wheelchair has been told he is to become the subject of a care order. There's that word care again. Aww. Care order after she complained that her local authority's failure to provide bathroom facilities for him has left her struggling to maintain sanitary standards. In the first case, uh, first of these cases, Ashley Cave, 13, from Liverpool, began experiencing severe headaches and dizziness. Half an hour after being inoculated last October um, with Cervarex or whatever, these uh, which guards against uh, girls contracting the human papilloma virus. 
Right. And by the way, they were they were trying to mandate this be given to kids in uh, was it Texas in public? Yeah, schools? it was all uh, public school children or, or girls uh, at a certain age. I think it was sixth grade or something like that. I don't recall yeah. exactly. And you know, I'm so not, this could be your daughter, basically, right? right? I mean, this if this was mandated that all teenage girls at a certain age be given this vaccine, then she could have, your daughter could have had this reaction. She could be the one that's getting sick. The schoolgirl was uh, soon collapsing repeatedly. She'd lost the use of her legs and was admitted Jeez. to Alder Hay Children's Hospital. Near the uh, Nearly 11 months later, she was still in the hospital and is unable to stand or walk unaided. Her mother, Cheryl, has now been told that doctors believe her condition to be psychosomatic. She's making this crap up. It's all in her head. Huh? Shut up and stop complaining about this vaccine. This vaccine is perfectly safe, lady. And if you don't shut up, we're going to take your kid away. Hey, it's state approved. It must shut be up. Safe. It's perfectly safe. How sick. And it's this is scary stuff. It really it's sick. Is. Really. Um, uh, the hospital brought in social workers from the local authority who have told me that they are considering putting Ashley in an at-risk register, Cheryl Cave said. I'm not sure what an at-risk register means, but probably eh, that we're going to take your kid away. Bad parents, yeah. Yeah. She is convi- convinced her daughter's paralysis was caused by the vac- vaccination. Sounds reasonable to assume that. Something foreign was put into my bo- daughter's body, and within hours she was having trouble. And but the vaccine people will say, well, there's no causal connection. Of course, those va- same vaccine people have lobbied the government so, so that they don't have any uh, responsibility for... Uh, you mean the companies? The they- companies themselves. So... All right, 800-259-9231. Is there more to the story? Oh, oh yes. We'll share that with you here in moments. Also, take your phone calls at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free. The number's brought to you by SACL CAI, and it is 800-259-9231. Again, that number, 1-800-259-9231. That allows you to take control of the airwaves as we continue here. We will take your calls about anything. Just sharing with you some uh, some scary news and some foreboding news uh, from across the pond about socialized health care and one of the enforcement factors, mechanisms that they're using to keep people quiet about what's going on uh, with the with their kids. We'll get to that here in moments. But also visit us at freetalklive.com where we have archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can grab them all right there on the front page of the website, all of them back for an entire year, at least completely free, at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-freedom activism than you ever imagined possible. When you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. The story is from the U.K. where parents who might disagree with the assessment of the government doctors there, the the government, of course, has the fully socialized healthcare system in effect over in the UK. And from what I understand, there are still private availability. There's still some private availability of healthcare, but it's you know very very expensive. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, you can. <laughs> uh, this is what people say when they. Uh, this is this is the the, the bugbear uh, that that people you know hold up when they're talking about this public option in uh, in healthcare. There'll still be a private option. You can keep your doctor if you want your doctor, but take a look at the difference between sending first class mail um, on through the uh, post office and sending the equivalent of first class mail through FedEx or UPS. 
there's a huge disparity in the price. So, and somebody has to subsidize the post office. Post office is subsidized. Right, in the, in the process. So, I mean, this is what you're going to have in the case of medical care. It's probably going to be five, ten times as much to go to this to your same doctor. You can have your same doctor if you want to pay five or ten times as much. So people go to the government health care providers for the same reason they send their kids to government schools. They've already paid in. They might as well, they, most of them probably can't afford to pay right. twice as much or, you know, however much extra on top of the existing taxes they're already paying to support the socialized system. So they figure they'll use the socialized system. They take their kids in. They, uh, their kids get some sort of diagnosis. There's a recommendation made by the doctor. And if you disagree with it, well, tough S. You've got to take the uh, recommendation or else the doctors will report you to the caring whatever bureaucracy. <laughs> And they'll uh, put out a care alert or a care report or whatever it was called on your children. And basically that means that they come to you and say, in the case of one lady who had complained because her daughter had all of a sudden developed some severe uh, maladies after having been given a vaccine, they basically told her, look, shut up or we're going to take your kid. Right? Did I understand that correctly? That's exactly what they said. Yeah. Stop disparaging our system. Don't disparage our vaccines or we'll take your kid because we care. That's how it is. Well, that's what the, that's what the system's called, the care proceedings. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously, people that didn't care wouldn't use the care proceedings, right? So let me hear some more about this, and then we'll go to okay. your phone calls. Cave, that's the mother, said that the social worker from uh, Shefton Council said she suspected her of having a, a Munchausen syndrome by proxy or fictitious illness syndrome, the daughter. Meaning she's making it up. Yeah, she's making the crap up. Controversial conditions in which the mothers um, are said to attribute illnesses falsely to their children in order to gain attention. Cave said the social to worker said... To what end? Wait, are, are they suggesting the, the little girl is att- attempting to get attention from her mother or the mom is get, att- attempting to gain attention? I misunderstood what you'd... Both. Mo- the mom is getting attention, but I, you know... The, to what end? They're making crap up, Ian. <laughs> Stop I mean, trying to piece all this together. But, right, but, but I'm just trying to understand We're where... We're going to take your kid away if you don't shut up, Ian. Right, right. I, I get that. Uh, luckily, I don't have one. But uh, what I'm trying to understand is, if they're making it up, what's the purpose? I mean, it's not like an insurance fraud scam where you can fake your back being hurt so you can get some payments or something like that, right? Because you can't sue the government's medical system. Can you? They're government bureaucrats. From what I can tell, government bureaucrats have what they call sovereign immunity, and you can't even touch these people. So it's not like uh, making a bunch of uh, pretending as though you were injured by this vaccine is going to somehow benefit you, right? Am I understanding this correctly? Am I I wrong about that? I mean, how's it going to benefit you? People want attention. Yeah, but don't they want money usually? Why are people hypochondriacs, Ian? Okay, yeah, that's good. Because they're screwballs. Yeah. This is a real condition, Munchausen syndrome, but usually it's, uh, you know, mothers of smaller children that really can't complain, um, as opposed to a 17-year-old daughter. Mm. So you've got to assume that both the mother and the daughter are crazy at this point, and that the social worker is telling the truth. So that they just want attention for attention's sake, not because it'll get them money. They they may very well get some money if you can sue the crap out of... I don't believe you can. How could you sue the government health care provider? I can't tell you what it's like in another country, but you can sue the government in this country. And Not very well. It's hard, certainly. But if you really get them, you really got them, you know? All right. Go on. All right. So, um, Cave said the social worker said I should stop believing the injection has anything to do with Ashley's condition because I am putting my thoughts into her and stop stopping her from getting well. 
since Ashley was in hospital, she has been become incontinent um, and uh, oh gosh, uh, she had double kidney infections and chest infections. Incontinence, by the way, means you've lost control of your bladder. Yes. Have I made up all these two? In the third of these cases, Melvina Gavin Langley, uh, 16-year-old son Omar, was terminally ill with uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy and restricted to a wheelchair. His mother is embroiled in a legal dispute with Birmingham City Council over partly completed extension uh, intended to provide Omar with easy access to a bathroom. And so she's not getting this, this, uh, this addition to her house that she wants quickly enough. Gavin Langley, 49, who wants the extension rebuilt because she says it was designed in a way that was dangerous and obstructed access to um, to sewers, said, I have to carry Omar upstairs to bathe him, but it is um, risking dislocating his shoulders, and also I have a hernia from all the lifting. I told the council I could no longer lift Omar across my back. They then turned that around and said that I had um, said that I said I could no longer care for my son. They said they have to put him in a care um, in care because his hair has not been washed and he is not getting a bath. They have just threatened me with this because they don't like me taking legal action against them. So if you have some kind of dispute with how the the care is being uh, administered here, well, they'll threaten to take your kid away. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231, or you can bring up anything. We go to Mark in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, not much. Just kind of a question on the war on drugs. Uh, me and some friends were talking the other day at work, and we were talking about you know how cops enforce. And uh, these guys are, I was talking to, they're from the inner city. They're black, you know, and they um, kind of live in a ghetto area. And they said there's cops all over there all the time, you know, trying to enforce the... Uh, War on drugs and specifically pot. And I was telling them if they start dealing and if they got to areas, you know, in the country and suburbs outside of their community, and if and if the war on drugs got spread around that much, and cops might have a hard time enforcing it, and therefore it might be small amounts might be legalized. In was that a question? I'm sorry, I was yeah, a little. I mean, do, do you think? Do you th- I, I'm just wondering how this can end because I'm reading online about how there's like three to four states that are starting to legalize really small. Uh, amounts of marijuana sure. for possession. You know, I was wondering just um, if this is a way, you know, one small way that this part of prohibition can end. If if people legal legalize the the, I'm still confused. Mark. Yeah, I have putting, no idea. Putting, what putting you on hold. Uh, we'll we'll come back. Try to recap your question or recount your question, perhaps in uh, slightly different terms here in moments, and I'll be happy to address it once I comprehend it. More on the way. It's free talk live. You can bring up whatever you want. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Libby's 100% Pure Pumpkin. Learn how to give everyday recipes a nutritional boost with the power of pumpkin at VeryBestBaking.com. When choosing fruits and vegetables, orange or yellow are your best bets. Vegetables like butternut squash, pumpkin, or yellow peppers are rich in nutrients that are linked with lower risks of certain cancers and heart disease. On the fruit side, cantaloupe, bananas, and oranges offer the same benefits, plus one more. Kids love them. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Lots of features. They're all free, including the bulletin board system with over 490,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Now is the time that you and your family need to be armed and trained at levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. 
Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill structure attitudes. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course today, plus it includes a 30-day state, excuse me, a 30-state concealed weapon permit, and you get a free handgun to go along with it. That's a Springfield Armory XD pistol of, in the caliber of your choice. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's FrontSight.com. I think your uh, southern upbringing kind of s- stuck out in that one. Let me see if it actually says Drill Structor here. Does it say Drill Structor here? It says Drill Instructor. Drill Instructor. There's an in in there, so make sure you pronounce that correctly. Yeah, you and your, your big fancy community college uh, pronunciation course. Hey, you've got a, mil- a millionaire paying you to read his copy uh, appropriately <laughs> here, so frontsite.com. All right, let's go back to Mark in Indiana. Mark, you're back on Free Talk Live. Uh, now, go ahead. Start from the top, because I was totally confused about your question before. Oh, that's fine. Um, I work with some guys that are from the inner city, right? That are, Got it. They're black guys. They're from the inner city, kind of a ghetto area. Um, they're involved in the war on drugs. They grow, they deal, they sell, they buy. They, you know, from what I know, at least pot, I know um, a couple do, like, uh, Coke. But I was telling them, I was like, They're Look. serving their community. I appreciate oh, that. What's that? I, I said they're serving their community. I yeah, appreciate well, that. I was like, look, it's an absolute fact. I was like, no one can argue this. And every demographic out there in the world, at least the U.S., people are doing, they're smoking pot, right? Sure. And I was like, why is it that cops, this is a better way to rephrase this, why is it that cops are just in the inner city? Well, they know you don't have the money to fight them. Yep. There might be, you know, some kind of racist mindset there. But regardless, I was like, you're, all you're doing, if you're selling, you're just meeting, you're just, you know, uh, kind of catering to consumer demand, whatever consumers want, you're providing for them, right? Yeah. And if you're, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're uh, growing, selling, buying, distributing, whatever. And I was like, you need to get out of the inner city, take take the war on drugs outside of the city, because people are doing the stuff in the suburbs, you know, wealthy communities, farm areas. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, slow down. When you say you need to get out of the inner city, are you referring to the the dealers you're talking to? Yeah, I, not move. I was like, you guys can, you know, of course, continue living here. They've lived there for generations. But I was like, this this so-called, you know, prohibition, war on drugs is going on all over the place at any one time. I was like, they're targeting you guys here because, I don't know if it's their skin color, you know, the amount of money you have, whatever, but nevertheless, you might as well get outside the city because there's a whole lot more money to be made. And I was telling them, I was like, look, people of all professions do this stuff. There's you don't judges. think they know that? What is What's it? that? You don't think they're aware of that? No, they, they don't really think of that. They just have this, um, you know, lifestyle. They've grown up in the inner city. That's all they really know. I see. And I was telling them, I was like, you know, people can sidestep the issue or they can, you know, lie to themselves, but there's, there's cops, there's judges, there's you know, attorneys, people in every profession Absolutely. do this stuff. Absolutely. And so, um, I you, was wondering, I was talking with some other people after that, and I was like, I don't really know the history of um, alcohol prohibition and how it ended, but I don't know if this is one way this is going to end. It's just if the war on drugs is so, I mean, it's already large enough right now, but if it gets bigger and cops realize they just can't enforce it anymore and they can't enforce Every area, like they are the inner city, and they just give up. The cops already know they can't win the war on drugs. I mean, if you talk to any cop that has a a smidgen of honesty, he's going to tell you that there's no winning the war on drugs. That doesn't mean that they won't continue trying. That doesn't mean they won't continue spending taxpayer dollars to, you know, buy new toys with which they can uh, infrared detectors and stuff like that to, to uh, essentially deck themselves out and and bust into people's homes you know, day after day. 
whether they're winning or not isn't really a factor because if they aren't winning, they can get more money, and if they are winning, they can get more money. So it really to to the police who want to continue the war on drugs, whether it's an actual success or not is a non-issue. Right? Yeah, I was uh, I was telling these guys that, and I was like, look, there's a reason people. Well, there's a kind of a I believe a police state, you know, in this country right now. One large reason is because of the war on drugs. You know, look why you guys, look why so many people hate cops. It's because of this. Look why the inner city is so dangerous. It's because of this. If you guys want to change your community around, get rid of this, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, ending the war on drugs would do a whole lot to bring everyone's community into a much safer uh, zone, essentially. I mean, you've got people that are out there right now, as we're speaking, breaking into people's cars, holding people up, stealing things from stores. So they can get money or so they can take those things they're stealing and essentially trade them in with their crack dealer to get another uh, crack rock or, or hit of meth or whatever it is that, that their uh, their addiction might, might happen to be. And the reason why they have to do that is because the drugs are very expensive. And the reason the drugs are very expensive is because they're prohibited. So if you end prohibition, it lowers the cost of the products. It makes it so anybody can afford to uh, feed their habit, feed their addiction without having to go in and, and hurt people and, and steal things. So, I mean, there's no doubt that ending the war on drugs, ending prohibition, would really help keep people safe and and really make communities uh, a better place to live just overall. It's convincing the police of that that's the tricky part. Yeah, I was telling these guys, I was like, well, if you guys don't want to be targeted so much, start, you know, if not moving, start at least dealing with people outside of this area. Well, then, you know, the trick then becomes... and. uh, this is just reality, right? I mean, if you if you got a gated community full of a bunch of white folk, yeah. and uh, if you, if you you can take the uh, g- gangster out of the ghetto, you can't take the ghetto out of the gangster. I mean, if these if these gentlemen move off to uh, Pleasant Acres and then begin uh, uh, slapping down crack rocks or uh, bags of uh, weed, they're going to be run out of there pretty quickly. I mean, well, it's it's just that they're going to have attention drawn to them. Yes. Uh, that. It shouldn't be drawn to them, right? It's just a black guy moving into the neighborhood. But yep. uh, inevitably, <laughs> some somebody's going to be perked up about that, and uh, people are going to be watching. They should operate where they feel most comfortable, and they feel comfortable in their home turf. Uh, they know the area. They know the community. They know the people around uh, in the area. They've got the connections that uh, that they need to have, and they're obviously willing to take the risk. So oh, I. Yeah. And I can tell you this, I can tell you this, the areas you're talking about already have people taking care of them. There are already, uh, you know, drug dealers that, you know, may not be as obvious uh, to you that are operating in those areas. Sure. They may be uh, delivery men, for instance, that are uh, dropping things off at people's houses rather than having people come to them. Yeah, I was telling these guys, because, you know, I talked to some older people there and their, their lives are destroyed because of this. Their family members are thrown in jail. Their homes are raided, and I was like, look, you know, I was like, you can try and lobby the government, but I was like, just keep going on because I don't think this is going to keep going. I, and if you don't go to, that might be an extreme going to, like, the upper-class upper, upper class elite, you know, their homes, but maybe getting outside the city a little bit because I every single area I know and every everybody I know does this stuff, so there's a demand to be met, and they might as well try and meet it, you know, maybe dress a little nicer, try and... You know, get out a little more, expand their horizons. <laughs> maybe your uh, maybe your suggestions would help. I I really I can't say for sure. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred 
259-9231. I think they should operate where they feel most comfortable. I mean, you've got to have a network. If you're doing that kind of business, you have to know people. If you just move in somewhere, you don't know anybody, then how are you going to keep doing business? I mean, they've already got an existing clientele. Uh, if they move out of that area, is there cl- are there clients who live in that general vicinity, are their clients going to want to come out to Shady Acres or wherever to uh, to get things? Uh Yes, Mark. I think. Well, I think that there's a there's a better plan, um, in my opinion, for getting rid of the war on drugs. Um, to me, well, he wasn't talking about getting rid of it. He was talking about how they could minimize damage. Yes, he damage. was. He was talking about uh, you know how are they going to stop the war on drugs? You know how how would they go about it? And that was uh, can you minimize the damage by stopping the war on drugs? Well, yes. Okay, great. But um, by moving out, but he was, he was stopping. He was he was talking about that. Yeah. You know how to how to minimize damage for them themselves and for right. stopping the war on drugs in general. Um, to me, the war on drugs is a war on marijuana. And the war on marijuana is a war on uh, individual pot users. Because if you look at these numbers, it's amazing how many pot users, uh, people are arrested just for possession of pot. And how many people um, of of all drug convictions are, in fact, pot convictions. I'll tell you what my big plan is when we get back. You have a plan. Okay. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark's plan in moments. Your calls as well. About what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is open to you for you to bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. That's the place to go. All the features are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. So enjoy a good free talk show uh, website. And hopefully, version 2.0 coming soon, which you can actually take a sneak peek at if you want. If you want to go to prep.freetalklive.com, that is where we are preparing uh, the brand new site. Uh, so that's prep.freetalklive.com to experiment with the brand new version of the upcoming FTL 2.0. There is a uh, great liberty-oriented comic online for free, and you can check it out by going to bigheadpress.com. They actually have several of them there. My uh, the, the favorite one, the one I've been following for quite some time now, is Escape from Terra. Most of them are complete, so you can go and read the complete stories over there. It's it's nice to re- read from start to finish. Escape from Terra is going to be an an epic story, and it's going going to go on for years and years. So, you know, kind of like the uh, the Prince Valiant stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can follow the continuing adventures over there at Escape from Terra by going to BigHeadPress.com. They also have a new one they've just started out called Phoebus Crumb. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Right back to your phone calls. We go to Steve in Oregon. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Steve? Hello, are you there? We are. What's on your mind, Steve? Oh, hey there. Hey, I was going, first of all, I think you guys are a great team. I enjoy listening to you. I would call in more often, but you're a hard act to follow. <laughs> so, anyways, I wanted you guys to think you guys are great. Hey, I had a, something, but since the caller before, I had a thought process. Portugal, um, you know, in 2001, they legalized all drugs and it was a success. And, you know, it, it's obvious that legalizing drugs is a uh, success. And the thing is, um, you until we get to the point to where we know the CIA and stuff keeps this uh, illegal so they can make the money, all our ideas on how to make it legal, we need to realize that that's what they're doing in the Marines, 
you know, uh, watching poppy fields in Afghanistan and stuff. But I will go because I want to be quick so you guys can get back. I want to go to an economic thing. Sure. Um, it was um, that I read something that kind of irked me is that Obama comes out and he goes, hey, you know what? I want to help people. So instead of getting your tax refund, we can give you that in T-bills. You know, we'll make it nice and simple and easy on you. Well, I do my research on the economy, and T-bills are trash. China doesn't want to buy them anymore. Nobody wants them anymore. In fact, the Federal Reserve Bank is printing up money and buying their own T-bills, uh, et cetera. So I just wanted people out there, to your listeners, to know that China, and I do not like China, they're a communist you know, uh, regime and all that, but at least they're telling their, their citizens, buy gold, <laughs> you know, something that's actually worth something. And so when I read that Obama says, we can do this in T-bills instead of getting your tax return where you could buy gold or silver or something that might be worthwhile. What is T-bill? What is a T-bill? Treasury bill. A treasury bill. What's the that treasury mean? Bonds, they, treasury bonds. They're part of a, they're part of a, uh, uh, you know, holding the U.S. dollar together. It's part of keeping the United States continuing their wars. It's part of financing the Federal Reserve Bank. It's, it's a is it a bond? Is it, what, it's, They're bonds. It, what you do is you go in there and you hope that the dollar is going to be good. And so you buy these, these T-bonds and you hope the dollar is going to be good. And so you buy these things and as the dollar goes up, then your T-bonds go up. Well, the dollar's toast. <laughs> you can yeah. look at USDX and see it's toast. And so the T-bonds right now, China's not buying them. Nobody's buying them. This is the way that the Federal Reserve Bank... And you're saying they actually propose to give these to people as tax, ret- tax returns? Exactly. No, I read it right off mainstream news. I'm not wow. a, I wouldn't call you if I saw it on an alternative website. That's pretty crazy. It is I believe crazy. it, though. I mean, they'll try anything, right? And, and what, you know, what obligation does the government have to give you Federal Reserve notes on your tax return? They've got no obligation to do anything like that. They've already got your money, and they'll just give you whatever they want to, right? No, exactly. And it just seems like they're, and I see how they went into the uh, the stock market and all the insider stock. It seems like they're, just people need to be careful. And I would really suggest that people who have any money buy gold and silver. I would and suggest I that uh, that's not a bad idea. And I'd also suggest that be real careful and don't let them have your money in the first place. Uh, that would right. be the ideal situation. Obviously, it's not easy for uh, for a lot of people to do. But if you can somehow avoid sending them the money, uh, you know, not have it withheld from your paycheck and, and keep that money. And, and like you say, put it, turn it into gold, turn it into silver, which we make it pretty easy for you to do. If you go to gold.freetalklive.com or silver.freetalklive.com, you can find some easy purchase options there. We'll tell you more about that coming up. Thanks for the call and the heads up on that. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, before we go on, though, Mark, you had a, pl- a plan you wanted to give us about the, the war on drugs. Yeah, it's nothing new that uh, what, what we talked about here on Free Talk Live, but it, um, you know, if you... The, the war on drugs is financed on the back of marijuana, and probably more specifically on the back of marijuana possessors, people that are found with small amounts of it. Uh, this this whole machinery that essentially keeps uh, law enforcement officers, these extra law enforcement officers, and in, in the equation where they're you know sent to bust college kids with joints and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if you look at uh, all the uh, you know drug arrests in the United States, about half of them, uh, as I understand it, are marijuana arrests. And about, about right. And about half of them are uh, of the marijuana arrests are just possession arrests. Is that it's more than half? Is it more it's than more half? like eighty plus percent? Eighty plus percent. My mistake. So 
Um, we've and you know when they get somebody for dealing, it's usually they had two bags of marijuana, so right. that so you wonder dealer. Another 10% perhaps? Hard may, to say. Maybe up to you know, 85, 90% of uh, all those marijuana possessions are in fact, or marijuana charges are in that, fact possession. Most dealers are peaceful people anyway, so yeah. you know, at least low-level marijuana dealers. Well, that's true. That it's, and it's, it's true by and large for most drug dealers are yeah. peaceful people. But um, if you want to stop the war on drugs, Operation Overgrow. Yeah, this is uh, basically uh, Mark Emery's idea. Yeah, it's. I think it's a great idea. You take the seeds or whatever from your uh, crappy, crappy pot if you happen to have st- seeds, and I'm sorry if you do, but uh, you take the seeds and you just toss them around, like out in front of the police station. Out in front of the police station is a great place. Uh, you know, wherever, public areas. If these uh, marijuana plants, which are weeds, just are coming up all over the place, people will find out. Holy crap! These things aren't the devil weed anyway. Probably not a good idea to toss them on someone else's private property, though, just because it's not your property, yeah, and so nice. therefore you don't want to put them at risk. But doing it at a city park or out in front of the city hall or in front of the police station, something like that, I think that's a fine idea. It'll be a lot of fun, and I hope to see that someday, maybe up here in New Hampshire. And it's something you can really not get caught for. I mean, what are, they gonna, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, it's it's extraordinarily rare. It's a bit of civil disobedience that's easy if you have marijuana and you care about this issue. Um, you have weed. Weeds, or excuse me, you have uh, seeds uh, on, in your weed, and you just toss them out places. Let's go to your phone calls. Jesse is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jesse. Hey, how's it going? Speaking of g- illegal gardeners. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm actually calling. <clears throat> excuse me. I am calling. Uh, it may seem kind of silly or trivial, but I, I was hoping we could actually have a pretty good discussion about it because um, I'm, I'm thinking that it's been, need- been needing to come. Uh uh, I was reading the flyers you've been handing out, actually, and for Free Talk Live, mm-hmm. and it says at the bottom that you're a capitalistic anarchist. I don't. I, which rather, flyer is this? Rather, because there are flyers. I don't. First of all, I don't hand out flyers for Free Talk Live. Hmm. It's my listeners that do that. So they right, tend, right. They tend I, to make their own flyers I'm, up. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, in any case, I, I didn't know who was actually putting the flyers out, but I, the one was sitting around the house. I looked at it, and it, uh, I actually confused. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was actually you said it, it said that it made it sound like it was speaking from you, like you were speaking in the first person as like a representative of Free Talk Live, or rather, it made it gave the the flyer gave me the impression that you were speaking directly to me, like mm. as you were advertising to me. But that aside, it did it did say something that was I think is factual about you, uh, or at least maybe you can clarify this on it. It said that you are a uh, uh, anarchistic capitalist. Um, and I was actually curious to know if this were true, like if in that specific order, or would you like? Yeah, I, I wouldn't use say, I wouldn't use uh, those terms to describe myself. I would I would say I'm a voluntarist. Uh, I, well, I don't have any objection to capitalism. I mean, I mean, if if capitalism by what we're talking about by with capitalism is the idea that you utilize capital invested in order to get a return on your investment, so you can do that more in the future and you know grow your your personal wealth, I, I certainly have no objection to uh, to capitalism in that way. Okay, uh, and th- so uh, so then you wouldn't consider yourself a capitalistic anarchist, or like would you say? But uh, I guess. Uh, a more direct question would be: um, Would you do you consider yourself, in any sense, to be a capitalist? I mean, you say you don't mind it, but it is—is is that your main preference, or like, what is your main socioeconomic preference? If you do have what are, what are I mean? Are the, I think you're taking two uh, two words that have really been uh, scalded and used terribly um, in the English language and putting them together. Uh, capital capitalist is you know it's it's a derogatory term uh, that was, as far as I understand, created by the communists. I prefer entrepreneur. How about that? No, no, yeah, that's fine. 
I mean, does that mean I'm a capitalist if I'm an entrepreneur? I, do, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it does, and I'll let you come back here and we can talk about it more if you want in moments. Uh, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm going to bring up the definition of capitalist here. Because, you know, the common understanding of capitalists today, whether it's the definition or not, is another question. The understanding is that, you know, capitalists are evil and they're exploiting people, and I certainly am not like that. Our two's coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free. The number brought to you by SACL CAI. It is 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. Joining us this hour, it's Ian here with you. And And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those totally free. freetalklive.com. Right back into your phone calls here. Uh, We go back to Jesse in New Hampshire. You called in because you found a Free Talk Live flyer. Now, the thing about Free Talk Live flyers is we have a handful uh, that are on our website at promote.freetalklive.com. And those, I guess, are kind of official flyers. But I don't think that the one you're looking at is one of those because the, the copy doesn't ring a bell. You're saying that the flyer that you that you found describes me as a capitalistic anarchist. Is that is that accurate? I, I, I think it's actually anarchi- anarchistic capitalist, but, you know, I, I mean, unless you really want to get down to the morphology of it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, anarchistic um, capitalist. And so you've called to ask, is that a, uh, an accurate definition or an accurate description of me? And I would say, no, uh, it's not because I don't like the term anarchist. I think it's got too many negative connotations attached to it. Uh, the, uh, the people that do like the term anarchist uh, would, of course, defend it and you know, say something like, well, that's not what it really means. It really means this. And I'm not too concerned with what it really means. I'm more concerned with the, uh, you know, the impression that someone's going to get. So I, I prefer the term voluntarist. Uh, which which makes me say that that's probably not one of our flyers because I, I I doubt I would have allowed that particular terminology to go through as a as a description of me. And then you asked about capitalism. Am I a capitalist? And I I don't know. I mean I I, I what would how would you define capitalism? Uh, I would define capitalism as the uh, centralization of capital into the hands of a few people, um, or at least yeah I, I guess that's that'd be the most broad definition I could give it. The definition from Dictionary.com is an economic system in which investment in and ownership of the means of production, distribution, and exchange of wealth is made and maintained chiefly by private individuals or corporations as contrasted to cooperatively or state-owned means of wealth. So there's no 
definition there about uh, being only in a few hands. So, again, well, the, capitalism is one of those words that's got a lot of different definitions out there, which is another reason why I'd stay away from it. Do I use capital to get what I uh, need to get done? Uh, yes. Uh, but I prefer the term entrepreneur right? because I'm using my money to fund my efforts, and then the profits that I make, I'm reinvesting into my efforts. And on top of that, if I'm not reinvesting it into my efforts, I'm investing it into the, the liberty movement. So pretty much any extra money I have either goes back into the show or it goes into uh, the movement for for freedom. Okay, and, and that's totally understandable. But I, if if I could actually, I want to point something out. If if you wouldn't mind, could you read back that definition again? Uh, just to give, go it over a second time. Sure. Um, Here you okay. go. It's an economic system. This is according to Dictionary.com, uh, Random House Dictionary. An economic system in which investment in and ownership of the means of production, distribution, and exchange of wealth is made and maintained chiefly by private individuals or corporations, as contrasted to cooperatively or state-owned means of wealth. Okay, because uh, I, I was just going to point out that, like, really, I don't. I, I was going to first point out that I don't think my definition in any way conflicts with that, because I said the centralization of wealth into a few people's hands. And as we, capitalism, as we know it, um, in any uh, sense, has always been the, the centralization of wealth into people's hands. I mean, you look, in, you look at the past, and you have the Norman Conquest, where they expropriated one-fifth of the arable land from the peasantry. And you look at uh, the landing acts, and there were acts of parliament that stripped of their legitimate land uh, in order to put them into the hands of aristocrats who would later take that capital, that land, and invest it further. And you really kind of see this going throughout well, the de uh, defenders of, uh, I guess, the defenders of the term capitalism, and I'm not one of them because I, I do realize it has all the baggage attached to it, but I'm, I'm sure the defenders would say something to the effect of, well, you know, Jesse, that's in this current, that, that, that's in history where the, the people who uh, had the most capital were working hand in hand with the government people to ensure uh, that they would be benefited uh, unfairly in the marketplace. So is that really capitalism by its definition? Maybe it could be, but it's certainly not the, the type of capitalism I think that the person who wrote that flyer was, was thinking of, which again, now we're, you know, getting into the issue that these words have different, these words have different meanings to different people, which is the primary reason why I, I don't really want to associate myself with them okay right i was just i was just getting uh, like the the flyer really wasn't the thing i was just i was kind of using the flyer as a catalyst to, to ask you about uh i mean because uh, generally i think uh and i think a lot of your agrees agree uh viewer uh, excuse me listeners would agree with this because i do speak with a lot of them actually um and um they they i, I guess they usually call out like whenever they recommend your show on a specific me message board that we're on they call you like an anarcho-capitalist and uh, you know, they, they, this is like the label that I think a lot of your listeners have for you. And I, um, and not to say that that totally represents you in any way. I'm just saying that I, I think there's generally a common perception amongst your listeners that you would consider yourself an anarcho-capitalist. Well, you know, I what can I do about that, that right? I, I can't do anything about that. I, I may have oh, no, used no, no, that no. term. In fact, if, it's, if, if anything, it's only doing better for you because you've just come out and said, no, I'm, I consider myself a voluntarist out and out. So, I mean, if anything, you've just cleared up a misconception. How about a, a uh, voluntarist uh, entrepreneur? Entrepreneurial voluntarist. Uh, I, I like that. That sounds very positive to me. 
Um, but yeah, but, but you know, maybe that was a flyer that was designed two years ago when I might have called myself an anarcho-capitalist, and it hasn't been updated since then. That's that's certainly a possibility because when I was coming brand new into the, uh, the kind of the voluntarist philosophy, the term anarcho-capitalist was being thrown around a lot. So I might have just you know might have grabbed that for myself for a short period of time before I decided that that wasn't such a good idea and uh, and have moved on. I mean, I, I at one point I called myself a libertarian, and before that I might have called myself a you know conservative when i was before i even really knew what that even meant so we've all certainly gone through a process again the the flyer wasn't so much the issue i mean like the flyer was just i got you flyer but but i'm making it i'm just trying to clarify that's all just you know no 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 and i I totally understand that Uh, but basically the the thing i wanted to get at was uh like the the point was that uh uh, a lot of people tend to associate capitalism with free markets and I was just going to say that that's never the way it's been, and that's not the way it has to be. Free markets can exist absent uh, capitalist organization. I think that's and a I true guess, statement. Sure, absolutely. Free markets will exist absent, uh, absent govern- government coercion. I they absolutely will. The free market can include all kinds of methods of, uh, of voluntary organization. As but I think that a lot voluntary. of anarcho-capitalists probably use the term anarcho-capitalist in order to differentiate themselves from anarcho-syndicalists or anarcho-communists out there, which are two terms that really don't make any sense at all. We're not going to have government, but everybody's going to live in syndicates. Oh, no, they're not. They're going to do whatever the hell they want because you don't have any government. We're not going to have government but everybody's going to own things communally. Oh, no, they're not. They're going to do whatever they want because you don't have government. So, um, you know, I mean, I think that's the reason that they use those, that terminology. Jesse, okay. thanks yeah, for the call I, tonight, dude. I appreciate hearing from you. And we will talk to Gilbert in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Gilbert. Well, actually, this is not what I talked about, but just let me comment real quickly about uh, capitalism. We've been talking about it as of late. I think capitalism is neither good nor bad. It depends on who is uh, administering it, what government we have, and who has the power. If, it was, if it's a democratic uh, capitalism where it's really about hard work and competition uh, and innovation, then that's great. And, it, and, and, and especially if uh, a good percentage of the population, uh, whoever's willing to work and do uh, uh, provide a good services, can really make it up there. But when you have a, a capitalism that is um, like the one we have now where uh, – there's a privileged few that uh, that that that, that uh, if you sell out to uh, certain powers that be, that, then you, you can stay up there and uh, and you can you can lobby and you can control um, the situation to which people that are working harder and are more innovative than you won't be able to compete with you. Yeah, and, uh, that is the situation we have today, and and that's what's being called capitalism, and it's one of the reasons why I would stay away from that term. So that you know, capitalism is neither good nor bad. It depends on how you use it, and I think it's kind of being used really bad right now. But yeah, and I think that you know, I think that there may be some people that can prove that a communal uh, form of organization can work. I've yet to really see it, uh, but I, that doesn't mean that I don't believe it could be possible. As far as there might be a really successful commune out there, it's not being sung from the rooftops, at, at least in my world or uh, that I've ever encountered. But I, that doesn't mean I've, I've shut off the uh, the opportunity or that I don't believe it's possible. Maybe some people really could get together and, and do some good work. On a well, co- I always call myself a 70% capitalist because I have four small businesses, but I also am about a 30% ca- uh, socialist. But it's the right type of socialism. Socialism is the same thing. It's neither good nor bad. It depends on who's doing it. The socialism we had in, uh, in Russia was, um, was uh, communistic and fascist. What it depends on is if force is being used. And the, ter- the term socialism inherently involves the state, so I can't agree with you there. If you're talking about sharing, that's another thing, but that's not socialism. I thank you for the call tonight. More on the way. You bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free 
Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features are free. We've got over 2,000 pages on the wiki. You can go and edit virtually anything you see. It's like the, the listener editable version of the website. So we were talking about somebody making their own flyer where they called me a anarchist, anarchistic capitalistic something a capitalist like or something and i said well that's not how i would describe myself but i can't stop people from you know they could call me whatever they wanted to call me they could call me a commie if they wanted to on their flyers people call me a fascist on the show constantly so i mean you know like nobody ever calls in and asks hey mark what are you and i i honestly don't have a good label i thought your newest uh label is a uh, a peace republican or something I don't like know, that man like i but it, you know if you use i i don't have a good term because Republican mean, means a lot to people, and I don't really believe in a republic. I just believe in... Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you'd want to call yourself a Republican. He did on his recent uh, bio that I had him give to me for the Talk Shows Ugh. USA website. He eh, called whatever. himself a peace Republican. So, Maybe peacenik. I don't know. <laughs> like a beatnik, but a peacenik? <laughs> oh, so what I was going to say is the wiki is a very user-controlled, kind of like how we we basically give you the tools that you need to promote this show in the way that you think is best. You can do that at promote.freetalklive.com. You can download the show logo. You can put together your own flyers. You can use one of ours if you want, but you can put your own together. But you could go to the wiki, and you could change my page if you wanted to. There's a page there that's about me. There's one about you, Mark, and one about Julia. You could go and just change it completely if you wanted to. That's what the wiki's about. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your phone calls. Xander is, ooh, uh, well, actually, first. Mark. Yeah, um, go to silver.freetalklive.com. We have uh, several good deals there on uh, silver and gold, and it will get you prepared for what could possibly still be a very, very bad economy. Both gold and silver look like they're moving up. Now might be the time to get some. That's uh, silver.freetalklive.com. Well, whether the economy is bad or not, it's not a bad idea to have gold and silver around. Let's go to uh, Xander in Illinois. Xander, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. On the amp line. Hello, hey, Xander. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, and uh, I, I prefer the manwich label for Mark. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm just a manwich. That's right. Uh, anyway, uh, today being September 11th and all, uh, you guys actually. Oh, well, is it? I'll get to that later. I think so. Isn't it? I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't sure how long we could get through the show without someone bringing that up. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I think it was a couple of weeks back you had a you had a show about like general tips for happiness and I think it was like ten tips or something. Yeah. And I actually I think something was left out. I, I have some I have a few dep- depressed friends, I guess you consider they take the Prozac and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I find one thing that that was left out of there is uh tend to worry way too much about things they can't affect or like they they have no control over. Mm. Like like oh what like what if situations what if this happens or that happens and they they get the negative effects of worrying about what might happen in the future without it ever actually like like you get the negative effects even if, even if it has to yes or no you know what I'm saying well worrying is generally going to have a negative effect on you and I see what you're I see where you're coming from they're concerned about things that are completely out of their hands. Uh, and what the the consequences might be, and I think there's a there's a there's a fine line between being concerned uh, and prepared and being worried, just kind of always worried about what's uh, what's going to happen. 
and I think that it's really detrimental to uh, to someone's mindset to to be worrying. I think that uh, if you find yourself in a worrying state, you should just forgive yourself for uh, for worrying and to try to you know to to shift yourself toward being uh, in a more positive uh, mindset. Because when you worry, you're not really doing anything productive. You're not really helping yourself. You're just kind of eating yourself up inside. It's, that's kind of how I feel about worry. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention that uh, the reason I brought up the whole September 11th thing is because everyone saying like it's going to lead to the economic collapse or especially these days and and it's fine if you want to buy gold and 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 like you know be ready and all that stuff and it's a good financial decision too but I, to be quite honest i kind of think the whole financial collapse everything turns into mad max kind of thing is kind of the next y2k almost that's how i kind of feel about that i hate when people say stuff about the economy and they it's like in quotes because I feel like it's just a really popular thing to say right now. Yeah. Like, it's really cool to talk about how bad the economy is and to blame things on the economy. And sure. that in itself probably has a direct effect on the crappiness of the economy because people are afraid to go out and spend money and things like that. It's I a mean, self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Like, the the economy just gets crappier because everyone thinks the economy is so crappy and they, they get it in their heads and then they don't go out and spend money and then and they worry about it all the time. And, and I just... I, Absolutely. Hey, you know, I've I've cut down on my spending and, um, you know, I, my life is better than it was previously. I'm not saying that cutting down on spending is a good thing or a bad thing. It depends on you and your current spending habits and and how much money you have coming in and that sort of thing and how much money you want to put away. But I just think that it's blown out of proportion and it's not – I mean, the economic situation has been bad and getting worse for a long time. This isn't something that like all the of a sudden – within two thousand Like 2008, oh my God, the economy is terrible. Well, the effects haven't been felt. You're, you're right that uh, there have been problems with the printing of money and the uh, the Federal Reserve and all those other things. However, the people have been uh, experiencing the good effects of creating money out of thin air – up until 2000, in the end, near the end of 2008. Well, I mean, the price now of everything goes up and has been going up for a long time. Sure, but um, there wasn't the unemployment. Uh, there wasn't the uh, you know the, the collapse of the banking industry. Um, you know that had to be propped up by the that, that was propped up by the federal government. And uh, but you don't know, you think she's saying something that's accurate though? If people believe the economy's bad and they talk about how the economy's it bad, it's it's creating that it's creating that self fulfilling prophecy. While there may be some truth to what you're saying, and I believe there is that you know obviously the economic uh, the, the economics policies of the the federal government, the Federal Reserve, have consequences. Right. I mean, they printed all that money and they messed with the money supply and they did all the things they did in the, the bubble in the housing market. All of those are real. That's all true. Sure. But consumer but, confidence is an extraordinarily important part of the particular economy that we have where fiat currency is printed. However, if we had a real economy that was backed by actual value, it wouldn't matter. I can say, oh, my God, gold isn't worth crap. And it wouldn't matter. OK, but, you know, now consumer confidence is important because we have uh, an economy built on. So you're saying spectrums. she's right. Then. You're saying that it's, she's, it's correct. I don't know statement. if it's good. What, wait, when you, what is not what is not good? Is it good to prop up this particular economy that we have that's built on uh, specters? That's a good question. Xander, your thoughts? Oh, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. And it just seems like uh, uh, fear uh, mongering is just more popular than ever today. I just kind of want to throw that out there. 
So you're saying that you've got friends that are depressed and that you've noticed that they, they tend to worry about things they can't control. Could you just oh, give me one yeah. example of, of what that is? I mean, what, what would one of them say to you? Oh, just that, oh, we're all going to have to be fighting each other over oil very soon and, you know, buy as many guns as you can, hide money under your bed, that kind of thing. And on a more personal level, you know, what if I don't get this job or that job or what if my education doesn't pull through? That kind of stuff. And just, you know, you can't you can't predict if that's going to happen or not. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can't predict. Don't know what, what was that, that word was. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I'm confused. Shit. We're going to move on. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. It's one of those voiceover IP things. Uh, just muddle. It's Free Talk Live. Artifact. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. We invite you to our website. The features there are free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, and I have a brand new Shriner to be adding to the website here, hopefully tonight, so keep your eyes open for that, and you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo or video to prove they listen to the show. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. Audiblepodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows. For your iPod or MP3 player, you can listen to them on your computer if you want. You can try them out, try one of them out by downloading a free audiobook today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. I did it myself. It is easy. It's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. I, uh, I've got the, uh, the Terry Goodkind book that, um, that they were talking about. So. Oh, very good. We go to your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Corby in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Corby. Hey, um, I just had a, first off, it's Mark that says he does not pay income tax. Is that correct? That is not so. I do not pay income tax and have not for Ian? years. That's mm-hmm. Ian? That's okay. correct, sir. Well, my question is this. Um, this is kind of a little bit of a thought trick, but I'm going to go off on a tangent. But have you ever heard of the timeline principle, time travel principle, where if you travel back in time, you cannot touch yourself of that time, like two objects cannot exist in the same place? Or else like a black or hole will open up or something like that? Or is it... Well, anyway, is that my question entropy? is, is your theory that it's impossible for an IRS agent to be listening to this show? And I even did a domain search for, like, IRSAgentsforliberty.com, and there's no such thing, <laughs> which if you've ever tried to find a domain name, every name is taken. You know, usually it's like shopier17.com or something, you know, oh, you get a domain name. I'm days, pretty so. certain the federal government is, is you know, well aware of Free Talk Live. Uh, so is your question, am I concerned? We had George Bush call in, so, I mean, I know the federal government. <laughs> no, listening. I heard that call. That was great. It the is. ice cream. Yeah. Day. I, I, that, I wish yeah. Barack Obama would call in because you know he listens. Oh, I mean, what, what are you getting at? Are you suggesting that I should well, my, be my question concerned? is, if you ever did 
it caught, would it actually make the show so much publicity that's worth it if they ever came and you know, oh I believe it would be the, shut down the it would be one or, of the biggest you know. yeah it would be one of the biggest publicity things that had ever happened to Free Talk Live if the feds actually came after me for something like that I mean that's not my purpose it's not my intent I, I certainly don't want that to happen I I'm not interested in in having that happen but you know kind of like uh, I, I liken it to uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in uh, in Star Wars you know you strike me down and I'll rise up ten times more powerful or whatever and I'm paraphrasing I'm right. not doing it very good job but but uh, yeah i mean what that would draw all kinds of uh previously unfound uh, unfound publicity to this uh, this radio program and the show is set up to where we have multiple hosts so therefore if one of us whether it's me or sam and multiple or whoever, setups uh gets taken out that's uh, there are other options to uh, continue performing the program obviously those aren't de- the de- most desirable paths uh, to follow uh, we're but, for liberty on this show yeah, but okay. And last, uh, last thing on the thing about the, the list of the ten things that puts you in a more optimistic mood. Yes, sir. I think you left out one. What I was always told by my mom, and it works for me, is if you clean the house, like you're know, just doing things like it gives you optimism for the future. If you clean the house, or clean out the car, you know, little things like that give you hopefulness for the future, and that's supposed to always put you in an optimistic mood. And always works for me. Yeah, that sounds and good. Sorry, good. That well, sounds at, really good. At the very least, something will be clean when you're done, and that's a nice thing. Right, to have. at the worst, but. And then the very last thing, there's always the movie Annie. I know it's kind of corny, but my ex-girlfriend used to watch it. But if you're in a bad mood, you start listening to The Sun Will Come the Out will come tomorrow. Out. And tomorrow. Out. <laughs> right, you know, I actually got it right here if you want to hear it. But yeah. I would actually say that listening to any music would be beneficial as far as mood uplifting is concerned. Any music you like. Music you like, yeah, absolutely. It brings you back to, uh, you know, music has the uh, wonderful ability to uh, bring up feelings that you may not have felt in a long time. It can be very nostalgic for people, and I, th- I think for, for some folks that's very useful. Thanks for the call tonight, okay. Corby. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I do you know, love that Annie, uh, the summer come out tomorrow song. You do love musicals. Yep. I, uh, love, I love a good musical. It's hard to be straight and love musicals. It goes back to, well, no one's ever proven that you're straight. So, uh, <laughs> How do you prove that? It goes back, good point. It goes back to the conversation we were having uh, earlier about worrying about things, the, the discussion about the federal government, you know, what they could do, what they might do, or what if they're listening, what if this, what if that. It's like I've said before, they, they whoever they are, whether it's the locals or the feds or the stadies, they could come kick in this door right now and raid the studio and arrest all of us on wh- who knows whatever trumped up charges. You can live your life as by the book as you think you are as you think is possible. You can live your life thinking that you are following all the laws, that you're being a law-abiding person, and then you could still get snatched up for some. We read some a story nonsense. about somebody like that just about every single night here on Free Talk Live. If they decide they want to target you for something, they'll 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 come up with something. You know whether if they really want you they'll pull you over and plant some drugs in your car i mean they can get you for anything so for me to be worried about and i don't know if this is what he was suggesting but for me to be worried about what they might possibly do would be a waste of my time i'm focusing on building this show and i'm focusing on building uh hopefully bringing people into the liberty movement not just here in new hampshire that's 
obviously my primary goal, but bringing people into the message of liberty from around the country and around the world because I think that's a worthwhile goal. And I focus on those things. And I focus on uh, my life as far as making it as free as possible. And that does mean living, living free. And that means taking risks. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't taken risks. Risk equals reward in my book. I think that it's very important to take risks in life. Otherwise, what do you have? I mean, if you haven't really ever taken a significant risk, how can you really get anywhere? 800-259-9231. Reward requires risk. I mean, it's true. It's, it's, it, but that's scary for a lot of people, right? I mean, it sure is a lot easier to go along and get along. I mean, then you're not taking any serious risks. But the long-term consequences of going along to get along are what we're seeing. You can see the consequences of going along to get along. Look around you. Look at the story we started the show with. Uh, Julia wasn't here for this part, but the, in the, the beginning of the show, Julia, Mark brought in a story about the U.K. where parents who've complained about the treatment their kids are getting at the hands of the government bureaucrats for the, the health care are being told to shut up or they're going to have their kids stolen from them. So, you know, you should shut up, parents. Go along to get along. Don't you dare speak out. Well, the fact is, if people had started speaking out earlier, if people had started refusing to go along with their, uh, these government diktats and their nonsense earlier on, we never would have gotten to this point. But that would take risk. And that would mean, and those risks do mean that sometimes someone's going to end up in jail. Someone's going to end up behind bars. Wasn't it Thoreau? I think who actually came from the Keene area or at one point lived in the Keene area. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it Thoreau who was thrown into jail? And then uh, I think Ralph. it was Emerson that, yeah. that came by. And this is an old story, right? Back when you could actually walk up to people when they were in jail. Uh, and he said, well, uh, Thoreau, what are you doing in jail? And Henry, and, what are you doing in jail? And he said, well, Ralph, the question is, what are you doing outside of jail? Right, because he was in there for an unjust cause. Right, and, not paying his poll tax yeah. for paying to vote. So, so my point there is that uh, there's no point in worrying. We need to move forward, move ahead uh, with this liberty movement and the movement the, in general. People within this movement need to start taking risks. And I'm not saying you need to take the biggest, most gigantic risks that you need to put your head on the front lines or anything like that. Stick your head up higher than uh, than everyone else. But just just say no. I was thinking about this earlier. The old uh, 1980s Nancy Reagan just say no to drugs campaign. You know, she popularized that. Remember that? Was that popular? Oh, yeah. Was it? Was that, was that, that when you were in high school, Mark? Was, yes. Were they hitting that pretty hard? Uh, just say no to drugs. Now, of course, it's silly nonsense uh, because, well, most people have said yes to drugs. They're taking caffeine, alcohol on a regular basis. Uh, people say yes to drugs all the time. I imagine Nancy Reagan said yes to drugs. Yes. Alcohol, definitely, caffeine, and probably some other stuff that we don't know about as well. But I'd like well, to they, see. They were out in California. It was a. It was a different time, you know. It was a different. <laughs> different blah, place blah, blah. They, you know we learn from our mistakes and we want don't want children making these same mistakes right. but the fact is they're willing to throw these same children in jail if they do make these mistakes but and that's that the problem i bring that up because there needs to be a new campaign just say no to government just try it just try saying no to government yeah there might be some consequences but if people start doing that on a more frequent basis on a more consistent basis they get together and they back one another up as we're seeing happen here in new hampshire it can make a difference. I like the say no to violence because that's what government is to some extent, and all kinds of violence. Who can but say that? Who can say that's bad? Okay, that's that's fine too. But more on the way. You can bring up whatever you want. It's free talk live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. 
Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, and if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that uh, $3 in, we'll add it together with everybody else that's an amplifier, and then reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up, and get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, all the details are there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. So let's go into uh, the email box here. This one from Ben. It says, I'm a teen living in the UK. So I'm emailing about a, a discussion you had about sex. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for such sensible discussion on such a controversial issue, specifically teenagers having sex. I'd like to make a point about they, the they're just too young mentality that many of the older generation will presume that all teenagers who engage in sexual activity do it in a dangerous and thoughtless manner. He says, this is obviously not the case. These cases are simply the ones that you hear the most about. There are those who will be doing these things carefully, but are keeping very quiet about it. Because not to mention that uh, plenty of adults uh, have sex in unsafe... A dangerous manner? <laughs> right, in da- dangerous fashion. Like going out to a bar, getting wasted, taking somebody home, and not even remembering you know, to put a condom on, that sort of thing? It's happened. I bet it happens every night in America. <laughs> and every, every, every night bar. in every state. Yeah, in every bar. Yeah. Uh, there are those, he says, who will be doing it uh, very quietly because of the taboos surrounding these things. About age of consent, he says, by the way, it's 16 here in the U.K., the worst situation is to be over that barrier with your partner below it. Mm. According to the law, I am a criminal guilty of a sex offense. I don't know whether they'd prosecute for just a few-year age gap. I can tell you they would here in America. No, they sure would here in America. A few years? That's like a a huge uh, legal differentiation in in America. A few months, you might be able to um, talk your way out of it, but a few years, you're going to the big house. He says, I don't know whether they prosecute uh, just for a few-year gap, but it's certainly not nice to know that the law is against your relationship. A relationship that I'd point out that it's not illegal to uh, enter into. You can be in a relationship at age, let's say, let's just say he's, you know, 17, because uh, he said the age of consent there is 16. So let's say he's 17 and his girlfriend is 15. They've both consented to be in the relationship. That's okay. It's no problem. They can go to the movies and they can go out to dinner yeah. and they can go, you know, down for a walk somewhere to the beach. They can do all of these things. Um, they can hold hands, at least for now. They can kiss they can can they can they grope is groping is that legal when when does the uh, the sex law actually come in is it only intercourse no, I think we know it's could, not only intercourse. I think you could make a, a pretty good case for groping, honestly, I think that the the prosecutor could make a case for groping as as a violation of the the law you sure. Mean? Uh, so well, we know- try to imagine for a second. Uh, take it to the extreme, which is how they're going to imagine this. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you're talking about a 17 year old boy and a 14 or 15 year old girl dating um, and the groping occurs to them, it's the same as 
a 40-year-old man uh, fondling a child, right? I mean, like a <laughs> legally. A, right, a 4-year-old. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you can you can certainly imagine that if a 40-year-old man fondles uh you know, feels on a child in different places uh, in a prurient and sexual manner, mm-hmm. that that guy's going to get some time, right? You'd imagine. So why can't uh, the 17-year-old boy and the uh, 14-year-old girlfriend uh you know why why wouldn't it be that way? Well, I, just the, I don't the boy know. actually. It's a good it's a good question. I don't I don't recall ever hearing a story that has gone that far. Uh, but we did just talk about one recently where a young lady was 17 and her boyfriend was I think 15 at the time and she gave him a BJ and she's a sex she's on the sex offender list down in Georgia now. She's 29 years old. How so old she, was she when she gave the BJ? 17, I think, was what it was. Man. So she gave a BJ to her teenage boyfriend and He's younger than her. Yeah, and mom and dad found out, went to the cops, and they uh, pressed I gotta charges. say, if you're a parent and you go to the cops because your kid's giving BJ's, you're dumb. Yeah, I'm sorry, so but that sad. is not a good idea. Uh, you, you would think they'd be able to, to work it out between themselves, right. but people have this, let's go to the police. They'll help us solve this problem mentality. I wonder if, if those parents feel like they got the help that they wanted. Fine question. Unfortunately, they're not here to ask, but I would love to uh, to find that out. Uh, let me continue with his email here. He says, I'd like to point out that Mark's slippery slope argument works in reverse as well. If it's okay to forcibly stop a consensual relationship between a 30-year-old and a 10-year-old, how about 25 and 13, 23 and 15, 17 and 13, months on the e- either side of the age of consent? My personal take on all this? He says teenagers are going to have sex. This is uh, Ben's take. Some earlier than others. And what's the big deal? If t- if we teen sex was more if teen sex was more accepted, it would be safer. There would be less rebellion for the sake of rebellion, and more people equipped to enjoy their relationships in a safe way. How are we going to get this change in mindset? Well, it's part of a bigger change. Age of consent laws and teen sex taboo are part of the idea that society or the government know better than you do. This issue has the same root as any law for your own good, with one difference. It's about the children, so it's a controversial issue. We must protect the children, they say. Well, I speak on behalf of teenagers everywhere when I say to those busybodies, teenagers aren't children. Your stupid laws aren't protecting us, but harming us, just as any prohibition does. We are self-owning human beings and can decide for ourselves, and would be in a better place to make these decisions if it weren't for your restrictions. How can you argue with somebody like that? Well, I mean, I think I don't argue with most of what he has to say. However, I think that there are, uh, you know, when when he when he's uh, labeling the 10 and 40 year old relationship there, I think that. There's... But what if you have a 10 year old who is as self-actualized as this young man is? What if you have a 10 year old who makes that same statement of, hey, I don't appreciate your laws. I can decide for myself. I'm mature enough to handle this. Thank you. But butt out. Can, do you think that there's a 10 year old who could quote those words, perhaps written down for them, but not actually be that self-actualized? You mean like with a gun to their head or something like that? No, like the 40-year-old gives them a piece of paper and says, here, take care of this and it'll protect me. Yeah, maybe. You don't want me getting in trouble, do you? I'm I'm sure that's a possibility. Okay, so um, you you have a problem there. Um, You would agree that there is an age where kids cannot make a decision to have sex, right? I would say that if you have the physical capabilities to have sex... What's that mean? I don't know if... What kind of words You've I can say puberty? in the air? Yeah, like if you can get it up, basically, why shouldn't you? You're, you're boys, telling me little boys can get it up at any age. 
I don't believe that. Um, okay, you're. I, I'm sorry to inform you that uh, that 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 is so. To get it up. Having been a little boy, I know that that is so. <laughs> and having a little boy, I know that that is so. Okay. I mean, I, mean, I could Jack, be wrong, but when I'm changing Jack's diaper, um, you know, I, I give him a little time with himself. You know, he well, he what I'm talking himself. about it is an, an erection, though. You're telling me that Jack gets an erection. Jack has, uh, you know, a, a young. Uh, I'm as, not talking about a, babies touching themselves. I'm talking about an erection. Uh, um, it's a different. It's different than what you're talking about because a young baby, a young boy, has adhesions in their foreskin. Assuming you haven't taken care of that, um, has adhesions in their foreskin that would prevent, uh, you know, like a full-fledged erection, as uh, one might be talking about. But I would go ahead and, and venture to say that yes, a uh, a child of one year old can uh, well, a young, male child of one year old can uh, can achieve an erection. It's probably a fairly common story amongst our male listeners that have uh, first experienced this in the classroom, right, where they are growing up, they're in elementary school, and they've, uh, they're in class, and they get called up to the front of the class, and they're, they're nervous about it because, you know, they're, they've got, uh, you know, they're sprung. I think that's basically. more of a, a, a puberty issue. I mean, that's... Is that's, that a puberty issue? Yeah, that's well, where it's not, not as easy to control. It, I, I mean, maybe I just don't understand because I'm not a guy, but I can tell you right now that I... That, <laughs> The female equivalent to that, which I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know how to say that really clinically, but that did not happen to me as a child at all or until I was uh, went through puberty. That was not possible. Well, to to get back to the issue of whether uh, what you're saying is, Mark, there's an age at which you don't believe that young people can conssent. And the the thing is, I don't know what that age is. I think it's I different either. for each person. I, I and don't. that's why I don't think and, that we need this, this government arbitrary rule. I think that each young person should be able to decide for themselves when the appropriate time is for themselves. I don't know how they're able to do that. Okay, for here's let's talk about six-year-olds. Would you agree that six-year-olds, none of them, can make the decision to have sex with a with a forty-year-old adult? Probably can't physically happen. I mean, they they don't have a physical. Uh, oh, so, that's what so, I'm so now it has to, to be actual intercourse to be sex. I if you're talking about okay, well, if we're talking about intercourse, then it's probably not physically possible at at that age. Not that I know. I haven't done real research into that. Um, but it's probably not physically possible. It's probably going to damage somebody at that age if they uh, attempt to have intercourse. But does that mean that they couldn't have some sort of? Uh, Sexual-ish oh, kind of relationship. I, it, it's up to them. It's up to you know. Their ch- it's their choice. Is that what they want for the, the? Is that what their family is doing? I don't know. It's not my life. It's not what I've done. But I can tell you, I had some encounters at age ten, and I was fully able to make those decisions. I fully was able, and I was making those decisions with another guy. Hour three is coming up. You take control. It's free talk live. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without 
without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to frontsight.com today. That's F R O N T S I G H T.com. Go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun. Launching into the third hour of the program. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we continue and take your phone calls about whatever you want. Going to Todd in Georgia, you're on Free Talk Live. Todd. Todd, Georgia? Hey, how you doing? I just wanted to uh, uh, vouch for Mark's. A uh, statement about uh, little boys who can have an erection at in infancy. I'm a uh, stay-at-home dad, and I got uh, a three-year-old boy and a one-year-old girl, and I've changed all the diapers. And not only do erections erections happen whenever, and they're they're real. They're not. I don't know <laughs> how else they could be anything else. But not only that, he has a stuffed doggy that he takes with him everywhere. That when he gets a chance, he will hump it. How interesting. Wow. <laughs> That's funny because I swear, as, as until I was a teenager, my vagina did not lubricate at all. It's probably well, true because... Boys uh, must be different, I guess. I don't know. Ha- that doesn't <laughs> mean... Of course well, they are. Well, now, wait a minute. Just because they're having a... Uh, well, I mean, they are two different things. Uh, I mean, we're talking about with, uh, with an erection, we're talking about blood flow into that particular organ, whereas lubrication is completely different from blood flow. It's um, penis. So, uh, yeah, so so it, may, it would make sense that they're different. I mean, lubrication is required uh, in order to have sex, whereas blood flow to the penis, uh, not necessarily, right? It just might be a, a biological function. That's, that's very interesting to me. Yeah, that. I don't have a legal answer for this. I just wanted to... <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for, for the uh, the example. Mark's, uh, uh, I'm another witness to this uh, uh, effect. Hey, you know, you learn something new every night here on Free Talk Live, or at least in this case, Julia learned something new. Anything else on your mind tonight, Todd? No, that's it. You guys take care. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Bet you don't hear this topic discussed too darn often. On, on talk, radio? talk radio? No, I think we're I think we're keeping it clinical. I don't I don't think it's pandering in any way, shape, or form. We go to John in California. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, Unimark Mega Dittos, as always. Uh, <laughs> you. I, uh, thank you. I'm calling because I've heard you guys talk about the Libertarian Party, and uh, it's not the party. And I've heard you, Ian, say you've resigned. And I yes, publicly. Certainly under. I'm sorry. Certainly understand all the criticisms of the party. They're certainly not as principled, especially with their last nominee. But I still think there's a lot of value there, and um, especially as a stepping stone onto the path of liberty. I think it's something we should support as uh, liberty activists. In what way? Support in what way? Um, not bad mouthing it, and I'm not sure that's an accurate characterization of how you treat it. But uh, support realizing that that's how most of us got to be voluntarists or anarchists or minarchists or whatever uh, various school we're part of, and realize that it's it's an attractive way to get people to liberty. 
Well, okay, I see where you're coming from. You're saying that, well, because the, the, of the people that are talking, uh, most of us, which isn't true, actually, on, in, on this show, most of us didn't come through the Libertarian Party. Julia, you did not. Mark, you did not. Well, I think you could, uh, he could make an argument. I, I, I think you could make an argument for me coming through the Libertarian Party. Why? Well, because well, you, you were c- involved tangentially through me. But right, but that's the thing though. You came through the Libertarian Party and then all I right, came through you right. and so But Julia didn't. Right, Julia? You weren't involved in the Libertarian Party ever. Never. Um so I think what you're saying here and let me see if I'm understanding you correctly. You're saying, well, we should support the Libertarian Party because they were valuable to us in our path to liberty and so therefore they could be valuable to other people. And that may be a true statement. But at this point, there are so many different liberty-oriented organizations out there. The Libertarian Party uh, is one of them, and I, I even have a hard time even describing them as liberty-oriented anymore because the, I mean, the, the last time I was paying attention to what they were doing, they were not in any way, shape, or form with their press releases that they were putting out there advocating liberty at all. They were talking about withdrawing the troops from Iraq and putting them in another country. I think Afghanistan. I think the Libertarian Party was actually advocating what uh, Obama's uh, foreign plan was. So there was that, and then there were so many other different examples that just drove me over the uh, the brink, and I decided to to leave the party. I don't see how I could intellectually, honestly promote something like that. I, I don't think that I could possibly financially support them. And I was a life member, dude. I mean, I, I paid the you know the $1,000 to be a life member way back when I was really jazzed about the Libertarian Party in the early part of this, uh, you know, this decade. And I had to call them to withdraw my life membership. Normally, if you don't have a life membership, your membership will expire after a year. Mine would never expire. So I had to call them and say, look, I don't even want to be associated with your uh, your organization anymore. And I think that I don't think the LPs needed for what you're talking about. I think they're antiquated and I think that they are uh, they've lost their way. They aren't principled anymore. I'd be embarrassed to point somebody to the Libertarian Party and say that they were in some way liberty oriented. They may still be okay on the war on drugs, but from from what I've seen on a lot of issues whether it's uh, foreign policy or immigration, they are not a liberty oriented organization and I wouldn't want to be associated with them. I'd much rather point somebody elsewhere to a, a more principled uh, place for them to get this information no and that's and you certainly make a number of good points and i certainly uh disagree with a lot of their policy uh ideas as well but it's they do at least talk appropriately about the philosophy a lot of times and for that they're educational and i think a lot of times when you if you hit someone over the head with the ideas of anarchy or or something that seems quite extreme, and is extreme compared to where most people are, I think it's harder to get people there right off the bat. I I would say it's close to impossible to convince a conservative to become a voluntarist overnight without some kind of middle ground uh, uh, party or or something there to, to get people kind of taking a few steps in that direction at least first. And I know that's how it worked for me at least. I actually became a voluntarist, or I mean, I guess at the time I probably would have called myself more an anarchist, but I mean, within a week of hearing the message, like it clicked with me and resonated with me in such a way I really had no inside battle or moral quandaries whatsoever. I think it's very valuable to skip over the Libertarian Party because 
then you just get bogged down in the party politics mindset, the idea that, uh, well, we just need to reform the law so the third parties can get in. If we could just get the libertarian parties uh, on the ballots, then we could uh, we could win this thing. And you spend all this time and this money trying to run candidates for the LP, which never end up panning out. Uh, you you try to you know take the party over from the inside because right now the there are not liberty minded people that are in charge of the libertarian party and that's why I've left that's why Ange- Angela Keaton left um, it's you know a lot of pr- kind of prominent uh, liberty minded people have left the libertarian party because of that so then you've got to go through this process of politics of trying to well, you know take over the party again and try to turn it back around to where it should be when you could just be pointing people to principled uh, information you can point them to things like Harry Brown's book why government doesn't work. He was the Libertarian Party's uh, presidential candidate back when they actually had, a, you know, some principles. Uh, you can give them the information without having to bog them down in a, uh, you know, political party process, which I think can be distracting and it can be dissuasive. Uh, it can, be, you know, it can be turning, it can turn people off. Uh, the politics, politics sucks, and I think that you can bring people in if you're worried about the voluntarist message being too principled for somebody. You can bring them in with a small government message. I mean, Harry Brown's "Why Government Doesn't Work" is a perfect book for, you know, like a conservative or something like that because. He doesn't advocate openly a uh, completely voluntary society, and he does talk about some real simple changes that can be made to the, the government to make it uh, a whole lot better. I, I don't think it's necessary. I think that what you're talking about is an, an unnecessary step today. The Libertarian Party, I think, has outlived its, its usefulness. Well, I think that um, – I'd like to chime in on this one. Uh, I think that uh, the Libertarian Party, it, it doesn't really exist. There's a national party, and then there's st- state parties, and each of the state parties is completely different than the national party. I think that if a state party is active and they have some good members and then they're recruiting people, you know, that's fabulous, and I don't want to downplay those people. I think they're doing a good thing. However um, – you know, like I, I, I do think that the national party has. There's a lot of the problems that we've talked about here, and perhaps, you know, they've they've strayed so far that they're really not of much use anymore. And maybe they were more so at one point. Well, hey, Ian, if, if if you're going to talk about how it's not useful, why do you why did you support Ron Paul? Because you can find a million things you disagree with him about. No, I can't really find a million things I disagree with Ron Paul on. I can name a few. one. Immigration and back in the day, Ron Paul was actually good on that issue. If you nail him down, he still sounds good on it. If you ask him the right questions, uh, you can continue with that line of questioning in a moment if you want. Hang on, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in via the toll-free number. Brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, you'll know it first if uh, you are on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. Now is the time, by the way, that you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. Secure your Front Sight defensive handgun course plus a 30-state concealed weapon permit and get a free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today to learn more and get signed up. That's FrontSight.com. As we continue here with John in California, John calling in to defend the poor, poor Libertarian Party that is just a shadow of its uh, its former self, having once been uh, fairly prominent uh, amongst the Liberty Movement by 
keeping to principle, the principle, of course, that we're talking about being that, well, when you join the Libertarian Party, you're supposed to sign something that says you don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political goals, but the Libertarian Party has been advocating the initiation of force as of recently, which is one of the reasons why... Pretty much why the whole time this show's been on, on air. Yeah, yeah. It's been going downhill uh, consistently, and that's one of the reasons why last year I left the party before they before they nominated their presidential candidate. And right before we went to break, you asked me, well, Ian, if you don't want to support the Libertarian Party, why did you support Ron Paul? Is that what, what your question was? Um, yeah, close enough. The answer is because Ron Paul was actually doing something worthwhile. Um, I did not give a dime to the Bob Barr campaign because that man didn't wouldn't know principle if it came up and hit him in the face. Uh, Ron Paul, on the other hand, was like 97, 98 percent in line with my viewpoint, and so therefore I didn't have a problem with giving him or his campaign money to spread his message out there amongst the populace. Well, and he ran a, a pretty radical campaign in a, a presidential race. Bob Barr, I. His message wasn't as as out there as Ron Paul, even though Ron Paul was was cut from the media and stuff. Um, like like Ron Paul was a a major, pretty major presidential campaign uh, uh, candidate in that he ran under the Republican Party and he made a splash. You know, yeah. Ron Paul made a splash unlike any Libertarian Party candidate ever ever has. Uh, but that's not to say that a Libertarian Party candidate wouldn't be worth supporting. For instance. The Libertarian Party last year, when they were doing the nominating period for their candidates, the the major contender for the seat with Bob against Bob Barr was Dr. Mary Ruart. I love Dr. Ruart. She is one of my favorite libertarians. She is so uh, such a a wonderful communicator. She's so compassionate. She is she's just the best. And if she had won. Absolutely, I would have given money to her campaign. I would have given more money to uh, Mary Ruart's campaign than I would have uh, Ron Paul because, you know, she's more principled than uh, than Ron Paul is. And I, I probably would have given money to both campaigns because they would both have been doing good things for liberty. But Bob Barr? No thanks. Right. I don't want to get my dollars anywhere near There were lots like of candidates for the uh, the, the, the nominee, nomination through the of the Libertarian Party who were – and they were all better than Bob Barr. Um, and, you know, the, the results bear it out. Uh, George Phillies was uh, a significantly better candidate also. So does that answer your question? No, and I, I certainly agree that I wouldn't support any of those candidates. What, what this comes out of is I was talking to a gentleman who hadn't heard of libertarianism, except for he'd heard of Wayne Allen Root, and he'd heard him on the Savage show, I think. Oh, God. And so when I was talking to him, he brought up Wayne Allen Root and asked me about him, and I rolled my eyes, and I said, well, he's not a very good libertarian. And that immediately turned that guy off. And as soon as I said it, I realized I'd just shut him down. That and turned maybe him off. Turned him off to my message because he figured this. Well, because he figured Wayne Allen Root was in my camp, and I and I probably didn't handle the situation perfectly. Um, and he was asking me what was wrong with Wayne Allen Root, and I I couldn't really name a lot of specifics because the guy was much more familiar with him, and I don't waste my time listening to that guy. Um, but but I sense there's there's a similar kind of phenomenon going on with just the Libertarian Party, and by bad mouthing them. Um, as opposed to just not supporting them so much, just well, bad-mouthing them. Wait a minute. We don't really – okay, but that's not what we do. I mean I don't get on this show on a weekly basis and pound on the LP and uh, talk about how awful they are. 
I don't remember the last time we talked about the Libertarian Party before your phone call, dude. So, I mean, you called in and brought it up, so I'm going to say how I feel about it, and I don't feel very positively towards it. I mean, I must not feel very positively. I publicly withdrew my uh, my membership from them. But, but that doesn't mean that we sit here and harp on them. Yeah, we did kind of keep track as they were spiraling down. I did mention uh, – so we did discuss during the campaign season. Sure, it's, during the campaign season. It was relevant to our listeners at that time, like, look, here's what the Libertarian Party's saying. Look at this nonsense. And we put that out there because I don't want people spending money on an organization. I mean, listeners are listening to the show. They, a lot of them consider themselves part of the Liberty Movement, and others are just listening to see what it's all about. But uh, listeners that are part of the Liberty, the feds, it's their job too. The, the listeners that are part of the Liberty Movement want to know where they can put their money. They want to know what they can do. I mean, not everybody's got a whole bunch of money to spread around everywhere, so they might want to know where the best places are. And I want to make sure they know it ain't the LP. I think it's important to remember that everybody comes from different backgrounds with different experiences, and that different things resonate with people like some people will find liberty through the libertarian movement some people will find liberty through you know like for me i found free talk live and i i mean the message the anarchist or voluntarist message resonated with me almost instantly i i felt like it was something i'd always known and and i just had never really heard um so i kind of I don't really agree with the statement. I don't think anybody out there can say this one thing will turn people off to to the liberty movement or will turn more people on to the liberty movement. I, I think it's just really important to remember that we all come from different backgrounds with different experiences and that we all feel differently about it and we are all attracted to different things. Oh, fair enough. And I, and I didn't mean to criticize you guys in any of that. I think you guys do great stuff. Well, I can handle the um, critique. No problem. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Um, no, thanks. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, dude. I appreciate hearing from you. I yeah. mean, there are a lot of people, I think, out there who come across the message of liberty who would consider themselves uh, politically inactive. They hate politics, for example. I think most people hate politics. And to me, uh, a message like a, a really small government message or a, uh, a voluntarist message would resonate with them a lot better than a Libertarian Party message. And I don't even know what that is today. I mean, I haven't even – the last time I looked at the LP was during the 2008 presidential campaign. That's the last time I recall ever having a show prep item about the LP, just to say, oh, look at these idiots. Look what they're doing now. And look at these people call themselves principal. You know, and and the world changes, too. The Libertarian Party has changed. The National Libertarian Party has changed. There's no doubt. And I don't know what Wayne Allen Root was saying on the Savage Show, and I don't know what this uh, this, this gentleman that he was speaking to was excited about, or you know, I have no idea what the specifics are. And, and certainly, I think that people, you know, they they need to be walked in slowly to the ideas of liberty. You can't just dump it all to, uh, on them at one time. But I think that the internet's doing a heck of a lot better of spe- um, job of spreading liberty than the Libertarian Party ever did, and. Certainly, the Libertarian Party isn't doing much of a job of spreading the the Liberty message anymore, to me. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. One of the early clues for me, Mark, was that the Libertarian National Party didn't really have any interest in uh, supporting Free Talk Live. They didn't have any interest in supporting the Free State Project. I mean, they're all about the Libertarian Party, and it's about politics, and it's, it's disgusting to me. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that 
fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231, brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner right at the top of freetalklive.com. That's SACL, C-A-I, our toll-free number for you to bring up anything is 800-259-9231. And don't forget to join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have the live streams. There is a broadband version and a dial-up version, as well as a webcam. It's all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com. Did we wrap up the uh, the par- the topic about the Libertarian Party and how so. pathetic they uh, they are today? I don't take time out of my show to uh, to attack these guys. The only reason why we're talking about them right now is because he brought them up. To me, they're completely irrelevant to the liberty movement today. Maybe they are still bringing people in. Maybe that's the case. But if they are, they're not bringing them into anything that has any sort of principle or consistency, which is what their old value was. So he said that there was some value with the the LP today. I don't know if there is. Because bringing people into something and saying you're principled and then not being principled, because they still call themselves the party of principle... And then they go and they confuse the issue by well, the party of principles, some really great uh, marketing sounding yeah. stuff, you know. Well, they go and then they immediately go and confuse the issue with their press releases and absolutely take unprincipled positions. So, what does that lead people to think? What is what does that I think lead them to conclude? They're trying to position themselves to 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 pick up Republicans that are disenchanted with the party, yes, and that's a, a huge mistake, a huge mistake. Uh, because because anybody that's been involved in this movement for long enough knows that people come to liberty from different points. Julia used to be, consider herself a liberal. I used to be a conservative. I mean, I was too young to really know what that even yeah, meant. Yeah, me too. But, you know, yeah, everybody comes in from different perspectives. Some people have never even considered anything about politics, and they come in, you know, they come on board. So for the uh, for the LP to focus in on that, you know, to, to pigeonhole themselves as, well, we're for the conservatives that smoke pot, which is kind of the old joke about libertarians, mm-hmm. it, there's some level of truth to it these days because, I mean, that tends to be the, the direction the, parties, uh, the the party moves in. Yeah. And then, you know, even within the party, there's all these political battles constantly going on over, well, should we talk about the war on drugs or not? The war on drugs is such a tough issue. I don't know if we should talk about it. I mean, that's one of the uh, the, the issues that uh, they will argue over is whether or not they should be promoting ending the war on drugs. One of the biggest freedom oriented issues of our time, one of the most important, in my opinion, one of the most critical issues of our time is ending the war on drugs because it is the it's the wedge. It's one of the biggest wedges the government has ever had to destroy freedom before the war on terror. There was the war on drugs before the war on terror and all the crackdowns on freedom we've seen as a result of that. There was the war on drugs and there are the excuses that uh, created for checkpoints and and uh, and searches and things like that. But yet there are people within the Libertarian Party that would love to just wipe that one off the radar because, you know, it would look bad to the conservatives they're trying to recruit into the movement. 
So that's all I have to say about that. Are we going to talk about Bigfoot? Oh, gosh. All right. What about it's Bigfoot? Friday Are night? you trying to make us look like some kind of crackpot show? Look, there. I, I don't understand why you would use that kind of terminology. There's no reason <laughs> whatsoever that there can't be a North American primate. Does that, I mean, there's primates on every other continent. Why not North America? I'm not sure which is less relevant, Bigfoot or uh, the Libertarian Party. Go ahead, Mark. All right. From... Uh, Wave3.com, that's uh, the name of this television station, um, Fairdale, Kentucky, W-A-V-E. Conspiracy theorists have tried to prove the possibility of aliens, sea monsters, and even shapeshifters. Now there's a mystery uh, of Jefferson County. Kenny Mahoney, that's Mahoney, rhymes with baloney, born and raised in Fairdale, snapped a picture of what some are calling Bigfoot. Uh Aha! His hunting camera, which is operated by a motion detector, normally picks up rabbits, deer, turkey. But on September 1st, around 2.15 p.m., it picked up a strange image that looks, to some, like a sort of large black creature. One Mahoney estimates to be taller than he. And I saw this, and you know what? It looks like a darn, big darn gorilla is what it looks like. Mm. Um, Mahoney said it would be uh, very hard for him to believe Bigfoot is living in his backyard, but it, uh, stumped, he's stumped as to what else it could be. One of the explanations my brother-in-law said is that uh, maybe a garbage bag. a man bag. in a suit. <laughs> maybe one maybe of his a, buddies. a garbage bag blowed up in there, but all the uh, smashed-over vegetation in there, I really don't know. What? Mahoney a garbage said. bag? It, 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 I suppose it could be a garbage bag. It, it could be a bird that somehow flew very close to the um, camera or something, too. But it looks like, as far as the field of perception, <sighs> it looks like a big gorilla. Mark, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I, I, <laughs> I don't see why there couldn't be a North American primate. It makes perfectly because good there sense could to me. Be. There could be. I mean, there's a lot of open space out there. There's a lot of forests out there. What, are you going to dedicate your life to finding the New Hampshire uh, Sasquatch? I'm going to uh, have <laughs> to take some pictures. Yeah. Isn't it Snape? Oh, we should go on a Snape hunt a snipe, after a Snape hunt <laughs> after, uh, after work, Mark. Mark, you've got 11 acres. You could uh, spend a lot of time out there. You could set up some, some traps and some cameras. And... Maybe that's what Mark's going to do when he gets old and uh, and uh, kind of uh, senile. senile and he's going to just kind of hunt around his property and hoping to one day stumble across the evidence that will vindicate him. I, uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, I, you're never the yardstick by which I'm uh, you decide crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so is there more to this, or is it just some guy with a picture? Well, uh, Mahoney's wife Margaret sent the photo to the wildlife expert who specializes in black bears. She said it looked. Like it was fur, um, like it is um, it's fur, but not a trash bag, but still can't confirm that it's a bear. So it's it's not a very clear picture, admittedly. And there's a TV station reporting on this somewhere. Sure. Well, slow news day. Well, I mean, it was the it was the first that it happened. So I mean, <laughs> the first of the month. Yeah, they, the first day of the month. Yes. I see. So they uh they they fit it in by the eleventh. <laughs> I'm not you know saying that they think that's the most important thing. All right, so let's uh, go on to Michael Hampton's HomelandStupidity.us for some news that maybe has some relevance. Police officers dressed as gangbangers shot and killed a northeast Georgia pastor on Tuesday, uh, as this was last week, as he was trying to drive away from a convenience store. Drive drive he was trying to drive or he was trying to drive the kids away from the convenience store? Negative. The uh, pastor was attempting to leave and was killed by these undercover cops. Jonathan Paul Ayers, 28 years old, had been the pastor of the Shoal Creek Baptist Church in Livonia, Georgia, for about a year before the fatal shooting. 
That day, say police, Ayers, or Ayers rather, was seen engaging in an apparent drug, transans- uh, drug transaction with and then dropping off a woman who was later under surveillance by the Northeast Georgia Tri-County Drug Task Force. The woman was later arrested on cocaine charges, but no drugs were found on Ayers or in his car. Surveillance video from the Shell station in Tacoa, where the shooting took place, shows Ayers coming inside to use the ATM. And then, as he's, driving, uh, as he's trying to drive out of the parking lot, a Cadillac, Cadillac Escalade attempts to box him in, while what appears to be gangbangers jump out of the SUV and point guns at him. Ayers reverses direction and tries to get around the vehicle, and one of the gangbangers runs into the vehicle's path and is apparently struck lightly. At this point, Ayers puts the car in drive again, and the gangbangers start shooting at Ayers. He was struggling with the agents, got back into the car, put the car in drive, and started driving toward the other agent who fired two shots into the automobile, according to the county sheriff. But the store surveillance See, video... This is, um, you know, if you're dealing with police officers and you bump one of them, they're going to call it assault with a deadly weapon, and they're going to be uh, able to shoot and everything. But when you're dealing with people that are dressed like gangbangers, I, you know, I, who knows what this guy was thinking he could have been thinking he was getting jacked and, uh, yeah. you know, that he, <laughs> who cares if I bump the gangbanger? What the hell would you do if you I'll were I'll tell next? you what, this was a common practice. Even if these guys said, police, even, sure. even if they showed a badge, yep. this would happen in prison all the time. It was a standard practice for, uh, you know, inmates to try to scare other inmates. And I can only assume they do this crap on the street by going, police. You know, you know, like pretending to be the law, yeah. you know, uh, that that kind of thing. And so it, it doesn't take anything. It works, right? Criminals People... can say police as easy as the police can, can say, say police. police. You know, it's funny because my mom actually taught me when I was a little kid, my brother and I, that to never, ever trust anyone just because they say they're a police officer. Which Good for is your very, mom. Yeah, my mom didn't. And that's something that's a little weird, but. But the problem is, this guy wasn't trying to hurt these guys. He was trying to get the hell out of there, and he was shot for his efforts and killed. There's more to the story. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free. Even in these remaining moments, enough time for your calls. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now. To 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, and if you enjoy this program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You know Amazon. They are the world's largest internet retailer, selling pretty much anything, uh, you can go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, get what you need for life, get what you want too, and feel good because not only are you getting a great deal and free super safer shipping on a whole lot of their new items, but you can also save some money by buying used. And whatever it is you buy, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of the sale. It's the same great prices you're used to from Amazon. It's just that they're cutting us some, uh, some money off their profits for sending them the business. So enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now, coming up, there is something that I don't believe you can get at Amazon. I, I, I don't know about this. Can don't you get the so. Tota Sack at, at, at Amazon? I don't believe I don't so. think so. This is one of those things you're going to have to go to totasack.com uh, to order yours. Or, if you're lucky, you might be able to win a two-pack of Tota Sacks coming up here tonight. Totasack.com to learn more about the brilliant little handle made of 100% recycled material designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. I love them to bring back groceries 
from the car. It's actually really funny looking because you can carry like 50 bags. Yeah. It's really <laughs> funny looking to see someone carrying that many grocery bags. It's fun. It's great, though. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. wonderful little tool, and it really reduces the amount of uh, time that you have to spend going back and forth from the car to the The, the home. reason it's funny looking is because everybody else can't carry that quantity, so yeah. they're not carrying them. If people would obviously like to make fewer trips. These little, little handles make that possible, whereas otherwise it simply isn't. So we're going to give you that chance to uh, win here in a little bit. The, the call-in contest line is 603-435-1105. Make a note of that, 603-435-1105, but don't call now because no one's going to answer it. All right. So and we're, we're also not going to take the first caller. Right. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. But uh, Michael Hampton at HomelandStupidity.us is sharing a story with us from Georgia, Livonia, Georgia, where a 28-year-old pastor at Shoal Creek Baptist Church has been shot and killed by the Georgia Tri-County Drug Task Force. They're taking drugs out of people's hands and putting them in prison cells. The people, that is. Well, if they live through the experience, unfortunately, this man did not. Uh, did he actually have drugs? Well, a search of his car afterwards didn't find anything. I'm really surprised these guys didn't plan something. I mean, that, that they really messed up in just the way they did look, this. Just yeah. to make it look okay. As though if he had uh, an eight ball of cocaine in his car, that that would justify shooting and killing him. Mm. No, it certainly wouldn't. Uh, but let me give you the rest of the story here. He was at a gas station, had gone in to use the ATM, then uh, was trying to leave the parking lot when a Cadillac Escalade tried to box him in. Now, that's scary. Somebody tries to pull in front of you and, yeah, and block your, your, your path. Something's happening, and it's not good. And then guys dressed as gangbangers, as the story uh, talks about here, pile out of the Escalade and start pointing guns at this guy. They, they, uh, I mean, you just got to ask yourself, like, well, what, what, what do I do? What do I do? And you can hardly imagine what to do. I, I, I you know, so, some I people are going like to react differently. Most people would put the car in reverse and peel out. Some might, some might, That's some might what say, I would do. I'll take this robbery as whatever it takes. But I can't imagine why these guys were jumping. I mean, it's that's what he did. He reversed direction and, and tried to get around their vehicle. Then, one of the gangbangers, who was actually apparently a police officer, but hey, what's the difference these days? Uh, one of the gangbangers runs into the vehicle's path, is apparently struck. The sheriff says that uh, they fired two shots into the vehicle. Store surveillance video shows Ayers was already driving away when what appeared to be the gangbangers arrived and blocked his car. Uh, later, it will be learned the gangbangers were undercover police officers, something the store owner said he didn't know when he heard the gunshots. He said, I saw the first gunshot outside, and when I was looking outside, I saw a red Honda car backing up, backed up where the air machine is, and stopped. I thought they were shooting at each other. I didn't know they were undercover agents. There was nothing marked. They shot two more times after the second shot, and he took off. I think whatever they've done is wrong, because in a business place and the daytime. Well, well. You know, when uh, when the average citizen can't tell the difference between the, the cops and the criminals, what kind of country do you live in? I had a parking lot full of people, he told WNEG-TV. I mean, they could have blown up one of my pumps, and that would have been a total mess. Yeah, firing gunshots around a gas uh, gas pump. Well, what difference does it make to these cops? Who cares if they blow up this guy's business? I mean, they certainly would care if they if they themselves got blown up. Right. But they wouldn't have any obligation. For God's sakes, we were trying to stop a, a drug deal, people. Jeez. <laughs> Would his insurance policy cover that? I'm sure. Ayers reportedly crashed into a utility pole a short distance away as he was dying and was taken to a hospital. Who shot me? He asked EMTs who'd responded. He had no idea what the hell was going on. 
Ayer's brother-in-law said that this means he didn't know that the gangbangers were also undercover police officers. I think it scared him when the black Escalade pulled next to Ayer's car and two men got out with guns drawn. How could it do otherwise? Carpenter said... I think it scared him. Yeah. <laughs> Carpenter said that's why he tried to speed away. I've rerun it in my mind, he said. He had used the ATM inside, got into his car, and a black Escalade pulled up, and they jumped out. If they'd ID'd themselves, he couldn't hear them because his windows were up. And who cares if they and had ID'd themselves? maybe his radio themselves? was on. And I, like I've said a hundred times on this show, the fact is criminals call themselves police right. during robberies all the time because it throws off the, the, the victim. Right. I mean, that's vic- what you want, right? The, you want the victim to be obedient. You want them to do what you say. So if you say... Hey, we're with the police. Get out of the car. And then you say, oh, well, police. Sure thing, officer. And you get out of your car. They hop right in your car and drive off. I mean, that could have been a realistic possibility of what was happening there. These guys are sick, sick men. And and this this would not be happening if it weren't for the war on drugs. The war on drugs gives these sick men the excuse they need to lord their sickness over other people. Right. You wouldn't have them dressed up like gangbangers riding around and blacked out escalades if it wasn't for the war on drugs. Right, if they were investigating a murder or an arson or something like that, this is not They have no reason for that. They deserve punishment, says uh, Air's sister. They deserve to feel somewhat of the pain we're feeling because I can't get my brother back. He's gone forever. Floyd says there's no way her younger brother would have run if he'd known they were uh, if they had, if he'd known the men who had guns were actually police officers. The officers were undercover and weren't in uniform, but investigators said they had badges around their necks and clearly identified themselves. Oh, Any, please! Anybody can get the badge. And look, if you're a criminal, wouldn't it? Is isn't this an easy way to to just you know hang a badge around your neck? Mm-hmm. I mean, for one, I, I don't know. At one point or another, gangsters would wear a lot of jewelry. Couldn't a badge look like a lot of jewelry? Sure. Um, but th- another way, isn't that a nice, easy way to throw off the victim so that you can do whatever robbery is being done here? I think anyone in that situation would run, she said. I know I would. If someone pulled up to me with guns, I would run. She said her brother was known to help strangers. She said, I'd bet my life on it that he didn't know her. I bet my life that the, the girl that he'd originally picked up. Because what had happened was he picked up a girl that was under suspect from the, the, the drug agency he's a preacher right. and jesus said to uh you know to, to to take care of these kind of people exactly uh she says here i could bet my life on it because that's the kind of person he was so he basically gave this woman a ride and the police figured he was in on a drug deal and so they went after him these men are killers and the they ge- deserve whatever punishment oh. is being given out don't for worry killers. mark they'll take care of them the georgia bureau of investigation has launched an investigation into the shooting no right so you know i'm that's sure that'll come well. out just great for We'll them. follow up on this story, and I'm willing to place a great deal of money that these guys aren't going to face any prison time for. No, I mean, hey, they had badges around their necks and identified themselves. What else do you want from the cops, right? They're following the book. This is what the procedure says. It's completely legal for them to murder people. I'd like justice out of my judicial system. I can tell you now, uh, this is Hampton from uh, HomelandStupidity.us. What the results of the investigation will be, despite the fact that the statements by the sheriff are contradicted by the surveillance video, the investigation will find the officers followed proper procedures and will not be subject to any sort of justice. Police procedures generally allow for shooting at the driver of a car which strikes an officer, which explains why one of the officers ran himself into its way. Though these police officers will not likely face justice in this life, there's always the next. Mr. Ayers. I'd like to believe that, but I don't think so. Mr. Ayers is survived by his wife, Abby. Who's 16 weeks pregnant. It's nice. 
He's the latest victim of Richard Nixon's long-running, unwinnable, immoral war on drugs by making illegal things which have no business being illegal in the first place. It's undermined the Constitution and the rule of law itself, turned millions of honest people into criminals, caused thousands of innocent people to lose their money, cars, and even homes without ever being charged with a crime, and resulted in countless deaths of innocent people. It's wrought destruction on our society to a scale unequaled by any other U.S. government program. Heirs showed us by example what we should be doing. Minister to those in need instead of throwing them in cages at taxpayer expense and allowing innocent Americans to get caught in the crossfire. It's time to end the war on drugs before any more innocent people lose their cars, their homes, or their lives. I don't know how you could call yourself a compassionate person and agree with that. Agree with the war on drugs, you mean? Yeah. Uh, You cannot come from a compassionate aspect at all. You just can't. We've got to give away a tote sack right now to the first caller at 603-435-1105. We're going to give you a two-pack of tote sacks. So uh, if you win that, then you're going to make your life a lot easier as far as getting the groceries carried in. And who knows what other things you'll be able to carry with these things. Totasack.com is their website. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.